It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan of 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Samantha Garcia on this 23rd day of July, 6.06 on the clock and currently 79 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. This is the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. Lots to talk about today, Sam. Uh, we've got Trevor Stevens on the line. We'll get to him uh, momentarily. But uh, the Cleveland baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, have changed their name and it looks like the Big 12 is going to implode. Kansas is on their way out. The University of Oklahoma, U of O, not OU. Uh, obviously, Ohio is Ohio University, and that's OU in my book. Texas uh, is also on the way to the SEC. It looks like everything is potentially written in stone. And what that means for the Big 12 and other conferences, we'll talk about as we get on uh, with the program. Cincinnati Reds coming up at 640 today for the pregame show as uh, they get ready to take on the St. Louis Cardinals. That game is at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, Ohio. 7-10 for the first pitch, and again, pregame starting at 6:40. Sam, how are you? I'm good, and I think it's kind of one of those things where, you know, all this week we've kind of been, oh, you know, it's a little slow, nothing's really happening, and then you wake up this morning, and we got a million things to talk about, and, you know, 35 minutes, so I'm excited to, you know, jump into it. It's more than just some uh, Reds baseball that we get to talk about. And it's always good to welcome into the program uh, Trevor Stevens, Athens statistician, who knows much, much more than just Athens. Uh, but Trevor, first, happy belated birthday. Wished you a happy birthday yesterday on the air. Uh, but we got you today. How are you? I'm good. What did you do for your birthday yesterday? Anything exciting? Uh, if you say, if you think schoolwork due to summer classes is like is exciting. That's what I spent most of my day doing, and then got to relax last night. Well, no, you didn't go out for dinner. You didn't get any like an exciting birthday gift or anything. Nothing. Uh, uh, nothing too no, exciting to share. Please, if you say a homemade dinner for my mom, that might be exciting. But, yeah, to yeah. me, that's fun. That's a that's a definitely a gift when my mom cooks for me. I you know get down and I do a little prayer because homemade <laughs> food is. Just hits so much better when you're in college. Yep. So, Trevor, today the Cleveland Indians will no longer be the Cleveland Indians at the end of the season. Uh, 2021, they will still be the Indians, but starting in 2022, they have changed their name, their mascot. They will now be the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, your initial reaction on the news? Uh, so, my initial reaction was surprising that they chose that name, but... If you go look at their logos and everything, they basically did not change much. It's the same cursive that the Indians were spelled in that they're using, the same colors, the same C that they're using for in Cleveland. They're using but the new G with the baseball is the new side logo, which it seems like you just took that from like a youth team. Well, the one thing with the logo and I don't know if you've ever seen the, the cover of Major League, uh, but Major League had that baseball on the cover. It had the mohawk on it, and it had you know some other, uh, I think they had glasses. But with this new logo, right, and if you haven't seen it, uh, this new logo is a baseball, 
sandwiched between two G's with uh, a couple of wings hanging off the back. The wings are on the back top left. You got the, the G, you got the baseball, and then you can see kind of the outline of the G um, you know, on, on the other side. Obviously, you know, the baseball logo is covering that, so you, it's not really, uh, you can't really see it that way. I wonder if they could flip it, you know, maybe instead of it going from left to right, the baseball could be going from right to left. Um, but, you know, it's, I would have thought, you know, probably a different logo, uh, thinking about the Guardians. But, you know, when they're trying to get something up and going and something up and going quick, uh, it, it's fine for year one. I got to imagine that there's going to be some kind of revision uh, in, in maybe two, three years from now. Yeah, it, it also kind of reminds me of the, the Dayton Flyers logo. You know, the college team, they have that same kind of wing set up there. But, you know, right off the bat, I think it's going to strike a lot of people for a long time. It's one of those things where, you know, in the past couple of years, a lot of changes have been made across sports in terms of logos and kind of a lot of the history that's gone into it. So I don't know if the change is something that is a good or a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it's it's something new for Cleveland to uh, work with. There's going to be probably a lot more gear that, you know, if we were sponsored by the Indians, we'd probably get a couple T-shirts and stuff. But I kind of like how they kept the colors and that, like you were saying, the the font is really similar, too. So I kind of like it. Well, and uh, before we go back to Trevor, on the logo... Right, the the Guardians fastball logo, um, and this is coming from MLB.com. The fastball logo embodies what it means to be a Cleveland Guardian in its strong yet simple design. It is inspired by both the helmets and wings of Hope Memorial's Bridges Guardian statues that keep watch over the city. The G purposefully wraps around and protects a baseball, guarding everything that makes this game great. It also is a nod to the split finger fastball, a tribute to our strong pitching. Heritage, and that's again coming from MLB.com about the logo. Uh, but Trevor, you know, it's it's a new name, uh, but I don't think that every anything else really is going to change on Cleveland, other than going from the Indians to the Guardians. Yep. So, and but because like I'm a Kansas City fan, I grew up Kansas City, so it, it's going to take me. I probably will still refer to them like as Indians because that's where I grew up with them, especially being in the central division, but it's going to take time, and I might just refer to them as, like, Cleveland, Cleveland, because, but if you have a name for 160 years, most people, most old people will just keep referring to your old name. It's going to take a yeah. while for, for people to adapt and to change to that, right? It's not going to be something right off the bat where you can recognize Cleveland as the Guardians. You know, it's going to take some repetition and some practice and, and getting used to. Um, but obviously that's the way that the social movement have been, has been working. Obviously with the Washington football team, uh, they had another you know, Indians-type uh, mascot, um, you know, with, with the Redskins. And, you know, now it's... Again, it's not politically correct with those names. It uh, you know, offended those cultures, and uh, teams are trying to change and uh, and adapt with the changing times. And I'm interested to see what the Washington football team comes up with. They could just be the Washington football team, but uh, yesterday, last night, it was announced that the uh, Cleveland baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, are now going to be the Cleveland Guardians. 
Yep, and like, and like you said, it's going to take some time. But by doing it now and doing them over a year, you can get all the marking, the sale of T-shirts immediately. New Jersey, you can do a New Jersey release. So everything is basically going to be new because you have to change it. And like the MLB, the show, they need time to update their game with the new logo and voiceovers. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be something that, you know, you mentioned, but it's not something that's going to completely change the way that anyone looks at baseball. I think it's going to be a pretty casual transition probably. Like you said, with the apparel and the kind of um, merch that goes along with it, and obviously that'll be changed up a bit. But, you know, I'm surprised that it happens so fast. You know, usually with some of these bigger decisions, you see a lot of professional teams. You know, it takes them maybe a couple months or even years to really finalize it. So, you know, congrats to the um, Guardians. I almost said Indians. So the Guardians. Well, they uh, they are still, it. for this season, they will still be the Indians. Okay, got it, got it. So I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. At the end of this year, they will switch from the Indians to the Guardians. So at the beginning of the 2022 season, they will make that transition to their new mascot. Um, but this year, they're still uh, the Cleveland Indians. And again, I don't think a whole lot's going to change. I think Terry Francona is still going to be a great manager. I think they're still going to have their stars. Um, yeah, it's nothing with the baseball operations side. It's just a different, different nickname, different... Uh, you know, way to call the team, and it was interesting because you know they announced that they were going to do that uh, renaming after they they announced that after the Washington Football Team uh, took away their mascot's name. So, you know, for Cleveland to move quicker than than Washington, where Washington you know kind of started that process first, you know, I found a little bit interesting. But Washington did announce that they're going to make the a name. In the coming, like, so they announced, like, they're going to be playing probably a year or two years under the, their Washington football team and then announced it to give them more time. And then it came out late, like, I don't think then last NFL season that Washington was still plan, planning on going back to, like, a mascot name. So you sh that should come out. And so not, I'm not going to say soon, but that should come out maybe during this fall. Do you think with Cleveland announcing their name change, there is more pressure on Washington to announce their name being changed? Yes. I think after Cleveland's allow it through the weekend so people can talk about it, get the buzz, and then that the group who wants Washington's name change is going to come bring more pressure now, and we should see, see it sooner, sooner than later. But Washington did take away their name mascot already, so I'm not sure. But and if the group, if the name group is fine with just Washington football team, they might not bring as much pressure. So it depends. Right, right. And Trevor, the other thing while we have you, I wanted to talk to you about is that all the news that's surrounding you know college athletics right now. I know we have the NIL. We talked about name, image, and likeness a while ago, but the new news that is out there is that the Big 12 could be imploding. It seems like Texas and the University of Oklahoma are in very close talks and almost step-by-step step with the SEC. And now it's reported that Kansas could be going to the Big 10. I mean, what 
what's going on with the Big 12? I mean, how, how can the Big 12 sustain itself, uh, you know, moving forward? So if you haven't heard the news on Wednesday this week, it broke a major news story broke in sports at the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma were interested in joining the SEC. Then more news broke throughout the rest of the week. It sounds like these two meet. They have met with the SEC for months now, and it only broke when rumored that an Texas A&M employee told the Houston newspaper who made who wrote the story, which went national, right. because I guess the SEC, even all member institutions, met, including Missouri, but left out A&M because they, they knew that A&M would be against it and for to give, recruiting purposes in Texas. To give a little bit uh, more background on that, Texas A&M is the only school in Texas that is an affiliate of the, uh, of the SEC. And Texas A&M does not want another Texas Division One college uh, to be in the SEC, so that is why that they were left out of that meeting. And yeah. I, I, I think sorry to cut you off there, but you know, like you were talking about the Big Twelve, what does their future look like? To I think what's left TCU, Baylor, and Texas Tech, they're having conversations with the Pac-12, and then whatever's left, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, West Virginia would also be looking for someone new. So you know. Do they stay together and try and bring or even change to, you know, a smaller conference? Or do all these schools try and fit in somewhere else? I'll start a rumor, Trevor. Yeah, that, I'll start a rumor. West that, Virginia to the MAC. Uh, no, that brings up a good point. But West Virginia has reported, I can't remember if it's ACC or the AAC. I think it's ACC because that's where Virginia is and that's closer and then Kansas, Iowa State, and Kansas State are reported to join the... Basically, Kansas would go first with being basketball as their main sport because they are not very good at anything else. <laughs> now, I mean, they and were basketball and I, and then Yeah, and then Kansas State and Iowa State will follow. So basically, it's the Big 12 North without Missouri or Colorado, which Nebraska would be in Wisconsin. You have to redraw the divisional line. So it's basically bringing back the Big 12 North. Right. I mean, the uh, Missouri's in the SEC. And, um, you know, again, it, it's going to be weird. And I don't know what, I mean, how does this affect, does it affect the Mid-American Conference at all? I mean, with these conference yes. realignments, uh, do you see any teams either leaving the MAC? Or do you think the Mid-American Conference will gain a couple of universities? I see more I have of a, a gain. Oh. No, go ahead. So I, have a, I have a feeling that the Ohio is safe. Ohio is safe. They won't change at all. The only thing I would see is if the MAC pulls some conferences, if another conference, some of the smaller conferences start to drop off, the MAC might expand, and the MAC would be a big, big conference. I don't see if the MAC explodes throughout this, I, which I don't think would never happen, the Ohio will probably petition for either probably the Big Ten because of Ohio State, the whole, and like Toledo, the other MAC schools in the state would probably want to go into the Big Ten if that ever happened. Right. I mean, it, it's, 
it's either going to go one or two ways, right? I mean, no, nothing's been reported from the Mid-American Conference yet. No teams are, are leaving or entering. I mean, it, it, the last time that a significant change has happened in the MAC, I think it happened when the EWL uh, ceased to exist, the Eastern Wrestling League, and uh, the MAC gained a couple of affiliate members. Obviously, those members are not you know, full-fledged members uh, of, of the Mid-American Conference, but that was the last time that anything really kind of significant happens with, you know, merging of, of teams and of, of different conferences. Um, but, it, it, yeah. To go back to, a, I know, to go back to the big point is the other thing is the Big 12 could just, right, if they will have eight teams left, if, if this most likely will happen, which would be surprisingly, do you go fail those, who, do you go fail those missing four spots or two spots, the, Two spots gets you back to ten. Four spots gets you back to twelve. Who do you go fail them with? I heard Houston and Cincinnati are the two names that I popped up because Cincinnati was on the final two. It was Cincinnati West Virginia, and they took West Virginia last time. I heard Houston and Cincinnati are the two teams that might join the Big 12 if they go after teams to try to keep the league alive. But losing two powerhouses at Texas, in Oklahoma, who have it. Texas won the men's all-around sports, so they're pretty good at all sports. And Oklahoma has a large fan base, and it's good at football. So you have to, when you're thinking about replacement teams, you have to think about how you're going to fix those two big holes. Right, and that's why I'm concerned about the Big 12, because when you lose your top two teams, uh, I mean, there's, there's going to be, there's got to be some red flags happening now. Uh, in the Big 12, comp, in the uh, you know, wherever the administration buildings are, because you lose those guys, either you got to you got to find somebody else. And plus, I mean, with Kansas now reportedly trying to get into the Big Ten, and uh, Kansas that's what uh, basically can't, the Kansas with the Big Bat, Big Ten is more of a basketball move than going to the Pac-12. But Kansas doesn't bring much besides. They have other sports like baseball and soccer and stuff, but it's mo- the football team's terrible, or, but it's mostly a basketball school, and basketball's the big thing. That's why they want to get into the Big Ten. Right, right. And again, it's I think the primary objective of any of these schools, Trevor, has, has got to be a monetary value, right? I mean, the finances in the SEC, if you're joining for football, there's a lot of money in football in the SEC. Right, the SEC is a, a a big conference and it has a lot of money. The Big Ten is a powerful conference and it has a lot of money. So I'm I'm not sure what it looks like right now for you know the Big Twelve, uh, but there's got to be a reason. And normally in college athletics, there's some kind of financial reason why these teams are doing the things that they're doing. And uh, yeah, you got to you got to take a look at it through a business lens as well. That's the point Nebraska made when they joined the Big Ten in 2011. Because they started in 2011, was more about the financial side of it and the and academic workers. side, and they and they said and they blamed Texas from causing uh, like making the Big 12 unstable is what the third point is, and here goes Texas again making the Big 12 unstable ten years later after they did it. So I'm assuming if in ten years Texas wants to out of the Big the SEC, and would cause realignment to happen again based on the current trends. I don't know. And I don't know if Joey was in here. Joey would be saying, 
Well, listen, they can go to the SEC, but you're just going to get beat by Alabama. You're going to get beat by Georgia. You're going to get beat by Auburn, LSU. Uh, I mean, that is what people are saying yeah. <laughs> on I mean, social media and message boards. Is right, right, go when football, when you haven't won a conference championship in seven years and you lose to Oklahoma. Oklahoma might attend, can probably play up and compete with these teams. But Texas. In the SEC, but Texas would probably be like a Mississippi State, Auburn, Vanderbilt. Level in yeah, the middle but of you know, yeah. you you think of these teams that they're going to be joining harder conferences, but they'll be they'll be in the lower half of those conferences for the first couple years. You know, getting their toes in, playing at the higher level. But once you enter those kind of bigger conferences, you get more opportunity to scout maybe bigger players. You're getting kind of more attention brought to yourself. You have a lot more opportunities for growth, a lot more player eligibility. I mean, I think, you know, maybe those first couple seasons, it might be rough along the edges for some of these smaller schools to be jumping in, playing in harder divisions, especially football. If you look at the Big Ten, any of those teams that are going to be going up against all the school, schools you guys have been saying. But, you know, once you become the a big dog, you join those big conferences, you're going to have a harder competition. And I know that sounds like a super easy thing to say, and that's not anything um, that you need to bring a lot of attention to. But I think it's it's going to be an interesting move from really all of these schools that want to join or even leave. Yeah, and again, I want to put out there that it's not official yet, but it seems like this is inevitable, uh, and it could happen pretty soon. I heard, yeah, the athletic is important that an official announcement could be made by next Tuesday. Big changes. Big changes across the world of sports. Cleveland changes their name to the Guardians to start in 2022. And the Big 12 is in big trouble as Texas and Oklahoma, the Sooners, are reportedly going to the SEC with uh, Kansas potentially going to the Big 10 and, of course, we'll follow those stories as they become uh, more available. But, Trevor, uh, we've got to take a short break here. We really appreciate you calling in. And, again, a happy belated birthday to you. But again, that's Trevor Athens, statistician and a good friend of the program. We'll step aside and be right back. This is the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting on 970-97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet bed 
press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. I'm Tom Wong. I'm running for Congress, and I approve this message. My parents were Christians who fled communist China in 1949, and my faith has grown stronger as I've grown older. I'm not a politician or a lobbyist. I love America and want to make it even better. I ask for your vote on August 3rd. On August 3rd, vote for Tom Huang. Vote Tom Huang for Congress. Paid for by Tom for Ohio. He's not a politician or a lobbyist. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. At Ohio Health, we'd like to remind you that the health issues you faced before the pandemic haven't just gone away. That cancer screening you needed, well, you still need it. Your bad knee's not going to replace itself. And when life as you know it stopped, your medical needs didn't. It's time to take back your health safely. And just like always, Ohio Health is here to help you do it. Visit OhioHealth.com to find out more. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Ready to check home ownership off your bucket list, but worried you can't afford it? The Ohio Housing Finance Agency is here to help. We offer down payment assistance and discounted interest rates to recent Ohio college grads, teachers, nurses, veterans, and more. Not a first-time home buyer? We've got a program for you, too. Find out if you qualify at myohiohome.org. That's myohiohome.org. Homeownership, ready when you are. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency, aired by the OAB and this station. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Back inside the studios right off of 300 Columbus Road. This is 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, streaming online at 970WATH.com. Mills and Mike alongside Samantha Garcia. Again, 632 on the clock. We're about eight minutes away from the Cincinnati Reds coming up at 640. And they will go through the pregame festivities all the way up until first pitch scheduled for 710 tonight. As the Reds take on the St. Louis Cardinals from Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati at 49 and 47. St. Louis at 49 and 48. The Reds just one notch above them in the standings. It's an important game. The Reds need to get this series, and they need to get things going right. Uh, before we dive into the, the Reds, I know there'll be a lot of talks here, but a couple of news stories uh, that we'll run through kind of quick. Right, the, the top one that we talked about was the, uh, the Cleveland baseball team now being named the Cleveland uh, Guardians. They will still be the Indians up until 2022, but known as the Indians since 1915, Cleveland's Major League Baseball team will be called Guardians. The ball club announced the name change on Twitter, ending months of internal discussions triggered by a national reckoning by institutions and teams to permanently drop logos and names considered racist. The choice of Guardians will undoubtedly be criticized by many of the club's diehard fans, 
The organization spent most of the past year whittling down a list of potential names that was nearly 1,200 just over a month ago. But the process quickly accelerated. Sam, the Guardians, your first thoughts on it. You know, I think I think it's uh, the right move, you know, for the way that the past couple of years have been a lot of politically, you know, challenging, correcting sports all across, not even just in baseball, but we've seen it in football, too. And, you know, just trying to make it a lot more inclusive for everyone. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash anyone, but I think it's a good move for them and, you know, get some new publicity, get some new gear going. I don't, I don't mind it. We'll see. We'll see how this uh, all plays out. I know there's been some pushback on the logo. There's been some pushback on the name. Uh, there's even been some pushback on retaining the mascot. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter said that they uh, they would rather prefer a, a different mascot than Slider. Uh, so I don't know what, what's going to happen you know, in the near future, but again, uh, their mascot will change in the year of 2022. To the Guardians. Also, the Big Ten is mostly embracing the idea of a college football playoff expansion. Commissioner Kevin Warren has not definitively backed the proposal to grow the CFP from four to 12 teams. Coaches seem to like the idea. Ohio State coach Ryan Day says he likes having a little more wiggle room to get into the field. Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern has some questions, but likes the idea of hosting a playoff game in December in suburban Chicago. With the CFP reportedly looking to expand the playoffs to 12 teams, uh, that could mean a lot more teams from the Big Ten to enter. Obviously, a, a perennial contender in Ohio State didn't really have to worry about a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, th this could mean more Big Ten teams and potentially, uh, finally, somebody from the group of five. Yeah, you know, and just like when we were talking about earlier before the break, I think it's going to be maybe a little bit more refreshing instead of having, you know, a lot of these schools control some of these conferences and a lot of sports. It'll allow things to get shooken up a little bit and maybe some more competition. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And, of course, the other news from today that broke early this morning, late last night, conference realignment is returning to college sports. At the same time, three Power 5 leagues are breaking in relatively new commissioners. The Big 12 is trying to keep Oklahoma and Texas from leaving the Southeastern Conference. Officials from the Big 10 and Pac-12 says they are not concerned amid the reports. The Atlantic Coast Conference is interested in adding Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish, however, have not been interested in joining a league. And Notre Dame is one team that we really didn't talk a whole lot about. I don't think the Fighting Irish will ever uh, you know, align themselves with the conference football-wise. It could be uh, something that they might need to do if, if they're going to be restricted so just conference champions or something in the college football playoffs. But if they're going to go with the top 12 teams, uh, I, I don't think Notre Dame will be joining any conference anytime soon unless it has the stipulation of a national championship involved. Uh, but obviously with Texas and Oklahoma looking to leave the Big 12 for the Southeastern Conference, that could shift up big things. And, of course, the Big 12 would be in some huge trouble. Yeah, and I think, again, for any of these teams in independent leagues, you know, like Notre Dame, that's not going to claim it being able to just kind of stay stagnant, but knowing that there's options and, you know, you might as well check it out. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It could be for financial reasons. It could be for whatever. But uh, I, I'm interested in seeing how the conference realignment affects group of five schools or does it affect group of five schools? Will the, the Big 12 still be considered a quote-unquote power five conference even without some of the big names? I mean, they do have a, a couple big names. I mean, Baylor. Uh, obviously is one. Um, Iowa State, if uh, Kansas stays, 
the Jayhawks, uh, Kansas State, uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Christian, TCU, Texas Tech, and West Virginia would be the ones still remaining in the Big 12 after this. But again, it, it could be it could be the end of the Big 12. It could be you know a, a, a different chapter. But only time will tell on what happens there. About two minutes away from the Cincinnati Reds as they take on uh, St. Louis Cardinals tonight at 7:10. Wade LeBlanc on the mound for St. Louis, and on the mound for the Cincinnati Reds is Tyler Malley. Quick thoughts on the game coming up tonight, Sam. I think it's going to be a telling one to see where these uh, Reds stand. You know, if you look at the standings, St. Louis is right under them with only one game ahead, but one more loss in the books for them. But a quick update, Nick Castellanos has been put on the injured list just for a 10-day, so he's going to be out a couple more days. So having that news officially written in the books, I think the Reds are really going to need to step up. Um, obviously, Castellanos hasn't been pitching or even does that at all. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I don't want to speak into existence yet because, you know, there's still three games left to go. But, you know, if the Reds can't clinch this, I think it's going to be hard for them to even possibly even be a playoff contender. It's a three-game series starting tonight against the St. Louis Cardinals as the Cincinnati Reds again send Mally to the mound. It's Mally against Wade LeBlanc. And it all starts right at 6.40, coming up soon, right here at 970-97.1 .1 FM, WATH. A lot of news, and we'll talk to you about it uh, coming up within uh, next week, Monday, the next sports fan. So for Samantha Garcia, I'm Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for listening in today. Cincinnati Reds are next, and enjoy the ball game as they take it to you. Dave Hidearm Brewster, and of course, Tommy Thrall with the Cowboy, coming up next. Talk to you next week. This has been Sports Fan on 970 WATH. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM.